Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Hello and welcome to Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May, and today we have with us Kelly Cole. She is herself a podcast host. She's a nurse practitioner, business owner, and mom of two. And in her experience, both personal and professional, she has witnessed many examples of spiritual, emotional, and physical illness and unbalance. The Synergy Thrive Method, which we're going to talk about today, incorporates spirituality into the pillars of wellness to create the highest level outcome for wellness as a parent and set an example for future generations. We, She also um, activating intuition and using a variety of healing modalities to truly thrive and make an impact in the world. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Very excited. Yeah. So uh, go ahead and tell us how you sort of um, grew and evolved into doing what you're doing today. Uh, sure. I'm sure it's, yeah. I would love to. So um, first of all, my experience has been in pediatric nursing and then I was a pediatric, I am a pediatric nurse practitioner. So this has been an evolution ongoing with a lot of realizations along the way, but essentially since 2004, not to date myself, but I have been working with, inter, you know, intimately with patients and families in this type of very close scenario where you're working through acute trauma that has just happened, where people come in and they are riddled with disease already at a young age. Um, I was noticing also as I evolved in my career that as a nurse practitioner, I would see patients come in that had disease that were really, to me, adult diseases. And so this trajectory continued to get worse, but also present itself at younger ages. And this was highly concerning to me on multiple levels my sense was that we weren't doing enough in the medical community and like my standard medical approach was just it, it wasn't doing it mm -hmm. and one of my first nurse practitioner jobs that i had was in an inner city location in a pulmonary clinic um and the things that i witnessed there were severe asthma severe allergies patients that had eczema flares that were Although, you know, their entire body almost covered in eczema, some of them in their joints that were like open sores and, you know, they were young children who, to me, to my mind should have been healthy. Um, and so my question kept coming around to, you know, what are we doing? We're giving them steroids on top of steroids. We're giving, you know, advice to like try and avoid certain allergens. And that's one thing. But like, what was the root of it? And where was the disconnect between how they were presenting and what was really going on. 
And then, um, so this was like the beginning of me trying to rack my brain and try to understand. Um, and as my career continued, I actually ended up leaving that job, going into a pediatric pain management position. Mm-hmm. And this is really where um, the rubber met the road in terms of my need to understand more deeply um, what else we could do. Where was the root? Because what I was seeing was teenagers, young adults, for a variety of reasons, maybe they had surgery or something that was more normal to me. But the ones that were really sticking with me were the, the patients that came in and chronic pain that they could not find a reason for. There was zero, there was nothing. And you would look back and you would see, and if they talked about it, maybe some were disclosing more than others, but there was significant trauma history. There was significant medical trauma, potentially. There was, you know, disjointed family dynamics, like so many things that were contributing in. And then we had this kid who like needed to go to school or maybe try to have a job. And like, they couldn't do that. They couldn't do normal things. And this was so eye-opening for me. Um, And if you combined all of this with a additional responsibility in that job that I didn't quite understand when I took the job, the level of depth that would start um, in with some of these patients, but it was on pediatric oncology floor. And I saw a lot of um, transition from life to death. I saw health to severe illness. And then we were also fulfilling the role of a palliative care service too. And so this was in the spiritual place of me really like having a lot of questions, seeking out a lot of truth for myself and not wanting anymore to be a person who had to have an intermediary between me and direct source to understand like what's going on here. Like why why are these things happening? And just had like this giant question. Um, This is in parallel too with a severe fertility, like a really intense personal uh, fertility journey that I experienced, which also was leading me into this path and my father being really ill and watching this and like all of it was converging. It was like, how many awakenings can you have <laughs> one time? The universe was just throwing it all at you. <laughs> it was, it was legit. Like it was um, under fire. And I think that um, I was so asleep at that point in time that I think I needed that to, I needed that level of intensity to fully search and wake up and like not be stuck in this paradigm that I had been taught. So um, that was what led me into um, starting to look for more methods where we helped people look at the root of what was going on and developing this method that I can look at and say, to me, these are the five pillars of our wellness. And so many people um, don't include spirit and spirituality in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I personally have found that for so many people, it's they can do a lot, but until they're starting to cultivate some connection within themselves to spirit and within the divinity within themselves that they're lacking. And so it all connects. Like it's so interconnected that, you know, 
if you're not doing that part too. So that's one of my pillars that I think um, is missing in some other wellness type of approaches. Yes, yes, I totally agree. I think, and I think, you know, having that disconnection from our spirit is part of a lot of our um, root cause problems. Like it's funny, especially as a functional medicine practitioner and, and I'm sure your approach too, we probably still start with the physical and then we like ease and sort of like slowly open our clients up to the spiritual. But really that spiritual is part of the root cause because we, at some point we became disconnected and then we started to probably feel lost or, you know, unsatisfied with life and not know why, you know, so many different things. And so, yes. So tell me what your pillars are. So, so our, my pillars for the Synergy Thrive Method are your brain, your gut, your mind, your body, and your spirit. And to me, your mind and your brain are different. Like, so I do, I do list those separately. Um, But you know, for looking at how to approach that, it's what you said is completely true. I mean, for most people, they're just feeling, either feeling dissatisfied, but they might be having something physical too. So they might really be having like mm-hmm. a back back pain. They might be having headaches. They might be having stomach issues. Like all of the things um, go together. They all interplay on each other. And um, our goal is to try to start with what's, that one thing that's bothering you the most, and then start looking at each pillar and see like, where, where are we? Like, where are we in your brain? Like, how are we sleeping? Are we, you know, getting into that like good sleep at night? Are we having any moments where you're giving yourself a break during the day and like letting you have a little bit of silence? That's like the easy piece, you know, to me, that's like the, the low hanging fruit if you want to go into like the further end of that spectrum, it looks like maybe for some people, it might more like like meditation and cultivating a meditation practice to be able to have connection. Like that leads back into spirit, that leads into brain, that also can lead into like uncovering some blocks you might have that are in the way that you're thinking about things. So it all leads into other things, but really starting with one, and kind of easing in. Um, right. Yeah, I like how you said, like, what, what is, what's the piece that's bothering you the most? We'll start there, but we're going to bring all of it together because it is. It's, it's like you cannot have a gut or digestive issue and not be having some brain issues. So, and then, like, just to refer back to what you said before, the difference between our brain and our mind. So, to me, A brain is an organ that's inside of our skull at the top of our body. Our mind is our consciousness. Mm -hmm. So our mind are the thoughts that we think, our feelings, the, that sort of the, you know, um, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah. So (laughs) the biggest, the biggest thing for, for me in the mind, especially is, um, making sure that we're identifying any thoughts that are specifically negative thoughts that keep circling. And Mm -hmm. as I have started to open into like some of my, my divine gifts that I feel like I'm stepping into that I've, it's to me like supercharging the synergy thrive method in some ways, because somebody will say like, I I don't know, like I'm, 
there's not even awareness sometimes about what people are thinking over and over and over again. There might be obvious ones, but um, sometimes I can kind of tap into that and, and someone will be talking about it and kind of get blocked on it. And I will feel like I'm noticing that I'm saying, I just keep hearing, like mm -hmm. I keep hearing money is growing, money doesn't grow on trees, money doesn't grow on trees. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm really nervous about like my bank account. I don't look at it. Like I am super stressed about money all the time. And like, boom, that's something that we can immediately start in on. But there's sometimes you just have to have an awareness around it and start to like be able to hone in on it. And then sometimes you need a little bit of help to even identify what's going on. Um, and that's just one small example. So yeah, your thoughts, your mind, um, can start leading into stress, can start like pumping out the cortisol, getting your body inflamed, like all of that starts going together, usually leads into gut, gut issues, like all of that is connected. So that is the difference there though, between how I view your brain and your function and, and your mind and how you're thinking about things and how you're talking to yourself. It's really important. Yeah, it really is. It um, it's it's hard to state the gravity of that importance <laughs> enough. <laughs> For real. Um, yeah, and you know, I think I think it's a practice. I think a lot of us are trained out of listening to ourselves, so listening to our spirit and listening to our thoughts mm -hmm. very early in life. So we become unconscious mm -hmm. of what we're thinking, even though. And almost every moment of every day, what we're thinking is driving our feelings, which is also driving our actions. So it is an integral piece that we have to be taught and or practice ourselves back into being aware of. Right. And, um, you know, I we're all like I've been there. So I don't want anyone to feel like they're alone in this. Like we all started somewhere and. To cultivate an awareness, the first step is to realize that at, at some level we were unaware and we're choosing now to be aware. Yes. And also um, the fact that you're, it's not your fault. Like this is society, like society as a whole kind of, you know, the, the message usually is like, keep your head down, keep on going, like grind it out and keep, you know, keep moving, like suck it up. And that's just doesn't help you to kind of tune in, take a break when you need to, to be aware, have an awareness of how your body's feeling. Um, that same awareness is actually one of the things that I focus on a lot too when we start talking about the gut portion, because again, that is a sliding scale of like, especially when you start, you know, talking about functional medicine approach or anything like that could get super detailed that could go into yeah. biodiversity. And do you want to get a, <laughs> you know, test done and, you know, whatever, like I, and believe me, like I am so nerd out on that. Like, but the very beginning piece is just, if I eat this, how does it make me feel? Like, right. does my stomach feel okay? Do I, you know, I um, feel weird in my head. Do I like listen, body scan yourself and like, start to understand that those are messages. Those are messages that you're meant to hear. And if you feel like crap, you feel like you don't have energy, like start honing in a little bit on 
maybe it's, is it something I'm eating too? Like it could be. Um, and I, and there's so many people that are super dogmatic about like how to eat. And there's like 8 billion different diets and like ways to tell people to do everything. But, you know, to me at the end of the day, I'm like, please just keep it simple. Like the bottom line in my world is what oils are you eating? Like, are you consuming and are you cooking with? And is it like from the ground, from a tree, like clean, normal, just, yeah, like (laughs) check that. Um, So, and if it is like how many ingredients are in it and what oils are in it. So like, it's just, I, I don't want to make that too complicated because I feel like that's where people get totally overwhelmed. But, you know, really, how do you feel? Like if you eat this giant bag of chips, how do you feel? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Not good. You know, like, how's it going? How's it going there? So, but again, um, I really like to, in the gut portion there, just start with that. Mm-hmm. I also love myself a, um, like I did for myself, I did a continuous glucose monitor mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks and I did um, some stool testing. Like I did stuff like that because I like that and I find it to be interesting and fascinating. And the more, you know, like I, I love those things, but that's no, you don't, no one has to do that for sure. Like, I just feel like you can know a lot about yourself by tuning into your body too. So absolutely. And I, I think that's, you know, a really important message just in general for everyone out there. If you're curious about functional medicine or like are new to it, or maybe you've even had an experience where maybe your practitioner did the deep dive into the details and maybe you got overwhelmed with that. And like, I don't understand how does this equate to what I actually do to start feeling better? Right. <laughs> because I think yeah. that's a risk of, you know, like you and I as practitioners, yeah, we love it. We geek out on it. We do the tests on ourselves for sure. I last yeah. summer I did like a four month period of continuous glucose monitoring for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have to be that way. It can be very simple and you just start with a few basics. Like you said, like be aware of the oils that are in your food or that you're putting in your food. Uh, for me, a big one is sugar. Where is your, what what kind of sugar, how much sugar, artificial flavors, artificial sweeteners, like how much of those yep. just being, you know, coming to an awareness. And um, those are like the big ones in terms of like attacking inflammation and, you know, and like yeah. bringing that down. I think those are huge. Yes. Um, and if you just focus on the start of those two, and like do that maybe just for like like two weeks to a month, depending on like how long it takes you to like really get in the practice of that awareness. And then from there you can, I like tightly add on or expand however you want to look at it. Okay. Now maybe let's look at dairy. Um, You know, food testing is a thing that a lot of people do. I like to do it because, you know, depending on how bad you're feeling, I feel like when we do food testing and by food testing, I mean, sensitivities, and I mean IgG testing. So mm-hmm. um, not testing for an IgE or IgA allergy, but IgG, which is a sensitivity testing for mm-hmm. just to be specific. Right. Because that'll give us actually a good personalized place to start from. So we don't necessarily have to go through the whole whole elimination like this for, you know, three weeks, this for three weeks. It's a lot more condensed and streamlined approach in my personal opinion 
Um, so like I like to do those yeah. and uh, usually they come in a report that's easy for the person and the practitioner to read. So like you can actually give it to your client and, you know, sort of explain how it looks, but then like, look, like, you know, this is easy to understand and we circle these things and now you know like what not to eat and what you still can't eat. Look at this huge list over here of all the things you can still eat because yeah. I think that's a, that's a big fear um, when anyone comes to someone like you and I is like, yeah. oh, you're going to make me, you're going to make me not like life anymore because I'm not going to be able to eat anything. It's a, it's a fear. Like, wait a minute, what are you, what are you going to tell me? Like people don't want to, they want to feel better, but sometimes the steps to feel better are, you know, intimidating. Like, uh, excuse me, you want me to do what? Go through my entire pantry and take out how many things and whatever. And, you know, it's, I like to just meet people where they are on that fear and do small things uh, one at a time so that we can make sure we're going to have success too. Like that's what leads to lasting change as opposed to, you know, and it depends how strongly they feel like that they're uncomfortable, how uncomfortable they are and how driven they are to want to get to the, a different place. And it, it all goes together. Mm -hmm. But I think small steps are good too. And um, I, part of my other job when I was in pulmonary, I was also cross-trained in allergy. And so we would do um, a lot of that testing and we would do a lot of food challenges too, too. like things like that with um, people who knew that they had a nut allergy or whatever, a milk allergy or um, baked, like we would do like baked dairy and things like that to see how they felt. Um, and that's all leading into like my past experience and watching the evolution of someone who knew what, didn't know what was wrong, figured out what they were allergic to, didn't eat that thing, felt better, and then slowly started to be able to um, understand how their life was going to be without eating that thing. And it was, mm -hmm. you know, it was good, but also the evolution of the changes that they experienced either in their gut or their skin was a giant shift. And that's really the, you know, the bottom line, like you can get better. Yeah. And I'm so glad you said that too, because one of the things that I've found myself saying more and more lately is when they look at those IgG food sensitivity results, like, listen, this is just where you are now. When, as you go through the process of healing yourself, your body will heal itself. Your body wants to be in a state of homeostasis. When you reach that balance or the closer you get to it, these will change. And so it might not be a forever elimination, right. you know? So I also like encourage my patients, like, please don't think of it as like, oh, I'm never going to be able to have any pineapple again or mango or like whatever shows up on the list, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's not a forever as we heal our body changes and that's a good thing. Yeah. And so um, do, and I, this is something too that I discuss with my patients. Is it necessary to retest? You can, but if you know now that you can like, you know, like small reintroductions are an easy way to retest yourself without going through the whole testing process again, mm -hmm. you know, allow yourself to have a little bit like after, you know, you have given yourself a healing time. How do you react? Yeah. You know, I know when I, um, so I was more of the like 
personally, my experience was I wanted to do the whole 30 because I am that person. So <laughs> I was like, I'm doing it. And so I did um, kind of like the opposite. I eliminated all these things and then I slowly reintroduced things. Um, and it was a really transformational experience. It was very empowering as well. I think that when you start to realize that you're fine without I, I'm fine without having that extra sugar, without having that mm -hmm. specific barbecue sauce that has like 8 million pounds of sugar in it. Like, I don't need that. I actually don't. And I still love my food. And it was empowering in a way that I didn't expect. Um, and then I loved that for, for myself. Like, I was like, this feels really good. Like, I feel a lot better. And I feel like I have control over it. Like, before, I just felt like it was someone else's, like, expertise that I needed to go get and someone else's, you know, rules I needed to follow. And then I realized that really it was just needed. I needed to understand what was my body's need, what my body's needs were. And like, it was an individualized need. And so having that knowledge, having that experience is transformational in itself too. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. I, I totally, I love how you say that. Like when I think when we, you know, follow a fad diet and I don't just for the record, I do not think whole 30 is a fad diet. Whole 30 is a lifestyle change. And I love that it concisely puts every, a lot of things together for people in a way that is really healing. So yeah. um, that doesn't get bogged down in all the science. There is science behind it, but that's yeah. not how it's presented. So it's very approachable. Yeah. Um, that yes, instead of just bopping through the world, trying different things and so, some of them working, some of them not and like feeling like, oh, well, they said this and this didn't work, which is very disempowering. Mm -hmm. Now you have information that's specific to you that you can move through or through your day, through your life with and yeah. say, okay, this, these are the decisions that I'm making. Yes, I'm making them with the help of a practitioner or like, you know, with the guide of a whole 30, but still like it is. Yes. Very empowering. Love it. Yeah. And then I mean, it kind of impacted when I went through and I felt like my gut was more healed. Um, I had noticed so many different changes. So I literally, I felt stronger in a way, like I had more energy. It felt like my muscles were stronger. I was more willing to like go and do different types of exercises that I had just kind of felt so drained before that I didn't want to exercise at all. And I'm actually a person that loves to exercise. So that was weird for me. Um, so in knowing that I had that empowerment, it also kind of started translating into other areas where I was better, um, more equipped to be like, okay, well, in the beginning of the day, I think I'm going to exercise before I do blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, I started incorporating more things in my day. I had more energy. I was um, sleeping better. I was um, more quickly thinking. Like I just felt like sharp and um, that was huge for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why the gut is like a separate pillar in the Synergy Thrive Method because it touches on everything. So many of our neurotransmitters are made in the gut. So many of our um, essential like hormones are made in the gut. And I just felt like that was clear when I experienced it for myself. Mm -hmm. So I felt my mood was different. I felt energized. Like so many things were different simply in changing the way that I was eating and noticing yeah. and tuning in for myself. And that was um, that was amazing. Yes, I would 
I mean, it's, I feel like the universe has put the gut in the core of our body, like that being no accident, you know? So the gut is in the center of our body all the way from our mouth down to our anus and it radiates its reflection of health to the rest of our body. So if we're feeling brain foggy, if we're feeling anxious or depressed, or maybe we have ADD or ADHD, or, you know, um, even autism is affected by how the person eats. Mm -hmm. So um, yes, it is a separate pillar all to itself. And yes, it is connected to all the other ones. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So, yeah. Um, and I, I would say too, that even though like that empowerment that I felt from doing those things, they were kind of my first steps in my own personal journey of really feeling like I had the power over my own health and mm -hmm. feeling like this is something everybody should be able to do. Oh my gosh. Like you don't need to go, um, and like get all the, you know, rules from everybody else, like listen to yourself and like have, you know, have that guidance, but, and like, maybe a lot of people need a little bit of guidance, a little bit of help. But I think my message to myself, really what I understood was that at the end of the day, it was still up to you at the end of the day, it wasn't in anyone else's hands. Um, and that led me into a further understanding going into some of the other pillars too. So like looking at my body, um, and understanding like where I was holding tension where I was potentially, um, I was noticing that like in my younger times of my life in different phases, I was giant dancer. So like I would dance and move my body like all the time. And, you know, there's just times of life that lend it, itself more to that. So like when you're young and you're, I was like doing cheerleading and then I was like doing, you know, we would like go out, we were all the girls, like my friends would just go mm -hmm. dancing all the time. And like, we would just do things like that. And then as you're a little bit older and you're a mom and you have so many other responsibilities, like some of those things just aren't normal part of life anymore. And I was feeling that. So I had to go and purposefully seek out ways that I could move my body and get back into a place where I felt like my body was being like used and I needed that physical movement. I didn't mm -hmm. understand at the time. I knew, I just knew that like, I, that's all that I knew. I think now I understand that it is a release that needs to happen. Like within your body, their body physically holding so many experiences, having those things that are there that need to be let go of. Um, and, there's so much information. If one of my favorite books that I've read is um, The Body Keeps Score mm -hmm. and just talking about how the physical manifestations of things that you've experienced in your life can get stored and trapped. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> and so John, John Sarno, right? I think, so. Um, I think so. For anyone out there curious, I think I'm pretty sure it's John Sarno. Okay. Um, we'll have to look at that. Yeah. But truly, like having any of that, um, any of that understanding that it goes deeper. So all I was getting at that point in time was the nudge. Like I just needed, I was like, oh, I feel like I need to maybe do some yoga. I need to stretch different ways or something. Like I'm feeling, you know, my body was feeling different. And um, I, I had to like pay attention to that and go into what 
the call was really about. And I don't even know that I fully understood all of it until I started um, getting deeper into uh, some meditation and getting deeper into um, some of the pieces of my spiritual journey that ended up linking back into some of the pieces of trauma and things that I needed to work through from my past and from like this life. Um, it was all there that, and it wasn't serving me anymore. Some mm -hmm. of the blocks that I started seeing, the energetics that were showing up for me when I started doing more meditation were really pointing back to um, some of the areas that I had been feeling things in my body. And it was coming into me at that point in time intuitively, like this is, um, this is stress. Like this is some toxins that you're holding on to. Like when you just sweat, you need to move, you need to like have physical motion. And then it was really streaming to me, like really clearly why and what it was. But all I knew at that moment before was for my body it needed to move. And so mm -hmm. having small, um, small motions and small pieces of time where you're dedicating a little bit of your time for your body to really move um, are also really important. Absolutely. Um, so I think there's many. So if we look at the animal kingdom, mm -hmm. if you watch the pursuit of predator and prey, mm -hmm. If the prey gets away, they usually have this moment or this period of shaking where their whole body tremors and you can see it. This is an innate trauma release response because the animal doesn't hold that with them. They move on. That's because their body has just processed it. Yeah. So we are energetic beings in a physical body. So feelings are energetic our thoughts are energetic. So to process them it, through our physical body, movement is imperative. I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. Like when we're younger, we have all these outlets of movement and dance. And, and we're at the time, most of us are pretty unaware that the movement is processing things for us, mm -hmm. but it, it really is. And so as adults, you know, there's nothing wrong, which is like dancing it out in your living room. Yeah. Or, you know, like one of the things that I'm an old school Grey's Anatomy watcher. And, you know, in the very early episodes when um, Christina and Meredith would dance it out, you know, um, <laughs> I think that's a great example of just like, listen, we need to process, we need to change the energy. And so like in yeah. Kundalini yoga, one of the things that, you know, we do a lot is there is, you know, depending on the time frame of the Kriya, one of them is just like ecstatic dance and you're just moving and moving and moving. Yeah. Yeah. Until they're like, okay, stop and night. And then you come to a place of stillness and you feel that energy pulsing through you, that energy of life, your spirit, that connection. Um, and it's very powerful. So yes, yeah. it, I would just say, if you can do that, great. If you're not in that place emotionally, just again, like you said, like we've said so many times throughout this episode, start where you are. Yeah. Maybe what's most therapeutic and cathartic for you is some yin yoga. So you're just feeling into your body, you're allowing your body to stretch and breathe and release. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, maybe you need something a little bit more, you know, mm, um, powerful spinning class, whatever it is, go for a run, go for a walk, 
um, you know, give yourself even like if you have like a five to 10 minute break throughout the day, a lot of especially healthcare workers out there working, you know, 12, 12 hour shifts, 10 hour shifts, take whatever time that you can to separate from device, separate from your computer, get outside, get some sunshine, get some movement. If you have a stairwell that has windows in your place of work, that's one of the things that I do is especially when it's cold outside where I live or snowy, um, I'll just go up and down the stairs a few times because there's sunshine and it's movement and I can, you know, get the blood moving. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, I think that the, for me, like, again, I always see things kind of like on the spectrum of like the easiest and the the lightest and then like the most intense. And like you said, um, spinning and like cardio and like hard workout is one thing that's more on the other end. Um, the other thing that I think is on the other end that maybe doesn't, um, isn't as well known, maybe it is, but um, is breath work, like having mm-hmm. true deep breathing, true like guided breathing is that's been something that has shifted me um, and brought me into a place where it's physical because you're doing this physical breathing, but you're not, it doesn't require you to like go run around and like start sweating, but it's in a totally different way. And it really centers you quickly into a place of your spirit being brought in to your, you know, like dropping into your heart center really quickly, it feels like for me. And then things are coming up. Like if think if you're ready that you're like, I just feel like I've got some, you know, I'm mad or I feel like I'm getting really emotional. And like, I just, I need to like get it out. That has been a quick transfer of really emotional release that has been incredibly efficient. And um, it also just fits this bill of like this somatic, body like workout that you're doing and it's putting it all together so yeah i don't know if you've ever had um a breath work session yeah or had, like uh, well so i'm a kundalini yoga practitioner okay and so working yes on being a teacher so yes yeah, so yes for sure but again like you know a lot of times kundalini i'm i don't know how much of you guys know about it out there but sometimes it can be like an hour to a 90 minute long practice that includes movement and breath work you can do short 15 minute kriyas, what we call like kriyas, which are like little aspects of a bigger, you know, um, practice and just doing, you know, like a breath of fire for, you, you know, five minutes. I mean, 15 minutes for breath of fire would be a really long time and you have to work yourself up to that. Yeah. So we, usually for beginners, we start with like three minutes and then five, yeah. but because it's so powerful and it's amazing when you're you know, usually you're sitting with doing some sort of breath work, how you can work up a sweat just by breathing. So it is so detoxing and cleansing to the physical body as well as the spirit, which is one of the things that I do love about breath work. I'm really glad you brought that up because um, you don't have to go to Kundalini class or practitioner to do breath work. There is a lot of breath work, just breath work practitioners out there these days. Yeah. Um, So yeah. Yeah, I have found that to be um, one of the gems of transformation in my like my body kind of healing journey and releasing things that I don't need anymore. And it's just been 
it is also open doors spiritually for me as well. It seems to um, allow my mind to go deeper into different levels of meditation that have just been different than if I'm just sitting and listening to a guided meditation. So I have found that to be incredibly transformational as well. Yeah, I, I think when we're challenged through breathwork, because a lot of breathwork is designed to be, some of it's designed to be soothing and calming and very relaxing to the system. But there's a lot that is designed to like get things moving and to challenge us. And when we get challenged, it's amazing what comes through our mind. What are those thoughts that we're thinking? And so you, you might think of something that happened when you were like, eight years old that really mm -hmm. made you mad as an eight-year-old, but you haven't thought of it since. But if that comes up, pay attention to that because that's something that is like wanting to be processed and moved through and out. Yeah. And so it's a perfect example and a really um, therapeutic way of yes. processing emotions and experiences and um, sort of being in a state of willingness. I think um, one of the biggest things for me, because my um, path, like in terms of broad strokes is very similar to yours. Mine was two pronged. It was personal health. And then, and then like a, both like a professional and spiritual dark night of the soul that mm -hmm. I had to, you know, work through a lot of, and become aware of a lot of things. And I forgot where I was going with that. Well, that's okay. Something. But either way, breath work has been very transformational. Oh, willingness. That's what willingness, I mean. willingness. Yes. So I feel like we all have to get to this place of a certain amount of willingness to and make the changes and to take start taking those different directions in our life. Yeah. You know, even, you know, like I didn't do it by myself and I'm sure you didn't either. I had practitioners, I had coaches, mm -hmm. I had, you know, Reiki practitioners, all these people helping me along the way. Um, but it was, you know, me being willing and me wanting to essentially like care more about feeling better than anything else, you yeah. know? So, and like just I, all the doors that opens. Yes. Um, I think that it's, it's almost like you have to declare yourself to the universe a little bit and kind of just say, I'm, I am ready. I'm ready to kind of work through this. And that's that's not an e easy declaration to make. That's hard and it's scary sometimes because you don't know, like it's usually goes into places that you you don't, things that you've avoided or things that you've forgotten and things that you didn't, you know, want to feel. But when you finally let them go, you feel so much lighter and it's amazing. And helping other people walk through that, sometimes you just need, the awareness of it, even just like realizing it is enough to have enough of a shift that you're ready to kind of like let it go. And then sometimes just like that energy there is kind of stuck from the experience and um, you need something a little bit more intense to let it move through. But when it does, it's amazing. And it's so healing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Watching other people go through that is you know, it's an honor. It's like, feels like an honor to me to watch mm -hmm. other people like walk through that and be able to heal. Like they're crying. I'm like tearing up, you know, it's like really, it can be, it can be emotional. But um, when you get to the other side of that and you're like, wow, I can't, I, I really feel better. I feel lighter. I feel different. Um, that's mm -hmm. amazing.
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just to clarify, I did look it up. So the body keep score is um, Basil Vanderklok. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. That that yeah. yeah. Um, John Sarno wrote um, Healing Back Pain, the Mind Body Connection. <sighs> and so he is similar. And then he also wrote the Mind Body Prescription. Yeah. So, which is also about how our body holds on to emotions and thoughts and stores them. Yeah. So yeah. It is um great the resources. Wonderful resources. I know that reading through the body keeps score for me. Um not only was he a very excellent researcher, like that he was a psychologist who had gone and treated so many patients, specifically um, people with PTSD, and had documented repeatedly um, how the body had kept score and how the physical manifestations of the stress that people had gone through had developed in them. And what one of the storylines within that book, actually, that, I mean, this is a whole pod, another podcast for itself. However, um, it was basically <laughs> his effort to attempt to have uh, trauma-associated PTSD in the um, DSM criteria and he tried to doc document repeatedly like how um, it should be in there and it, it was never added in. So it was interesting because you were kind of watching like a very clear example of something that could be very helpful for so many people. And um, it, wasn't, it wasn't added in to the mainstream. So, you know, he's, he's uh, making the point in a, in a book and like it can be read, but um, that was another like side note that I felt like that's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're um, towards the wrapping up phase. Is there anything yeah. else you want to bring forward or well, maybe we should start with where people can find you? Yeah. So uh, my website is synergythrive.org. Um, so you can go there. We have, um, a two things that are like free things that people could immediately um, come in and kind of like check out what we're up to. The first is a breathwork and meditation that goes through um, like the center of your body, kind of your chakras, and it kind of relates back to the physical places in your body that might be storing um storing things that need to be released. And so um, that is called the Life Energy Breathwork and Meditation. If anybody wants that, you can um, download that for free. And that is at synergythrive.org forward slash breathe. And then the other thing that we do is we hold free intuitive circles. And so what we're doing in that circle is we're just meeting on Zoom. And again, this is free as well. And um, we'll, I will lead you through like a little bit of a meditation and some breathing. And while you're undergoing that, I'm actually tapping in and doing a bit of an intuitive reading for you as well. So if you had like a question or something that you were struggling with, it's just like a super short little tidbit, but um, that is our healing circle. And so that's for free as well. And you can sign up for that at signup.synergythrive.org forward slash heal. And we have those like every, you know, uh, periodically throughout the month. And um, 
the way that we work with people is I'll do one-on-one -on -one sessions that will dive deeper into any particular issue someone's having and work through the Synergy Thrive method to kind of figure out where to start. And um, we also are starting a monthly membership for people to come and have more community associated with it as well. And so having um, experts come in that are breathwork experts and things like that dropping in, but also me going through um, the Synergy Thrive method with each person in a group and going through some intuitive um, insights as well. And awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So um, that's it. And that's how to find me. And I, I am looking forward to uh, working with everybody. Are you also on TikTok? I am. I'm on uh, TikTok at Synergy Thrive. I'm on Instagram at Synergy Thrive and Facebook at Synergy Thrive. I have found personally, TikTok is like 80 million times more fun than me than any, than any of the other ones. <laughs> so I am more on TikTok, but um, I don't know why. It's just like has a, has a more fun kind of vibe for me so i'm That's on there i have more not than ventured anything. on the tiktok <laughs> so, but i saw that on your in your bias i was like i'm gonna bring that forward because i yeah. don't i don't have a lot of guests that actually say that they're on tiktok so <laughs> yes that's right i I'm an elder millennial is what they call you on tiktok <laughs> that's right folks but no truly though it's fun and um people are you know people seem nicer on tiktok i don't know why but it's cute yeah. and fun yeah awesome well, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to have you. I'm sure like it, it seems like this conversation could just keep going and evolving. So we'll probably most definitely have you back. Yeah. <laughs> so we can uh, keep talking and, um, you know, just bringing this information to the world and to light and to really, you know, help people understand that, you know, no matter where you are in your life right now, you're not alone and that there are resources out there to help you. And um, that's why you and I do what we do is because we love to help people. We love to help people feel better, to have a deeper understanding of themselves and the world around them. And again, that connection, that spirit connection, that's so important to, you know, reawaken and, and reconnect with yeah. that. So yes, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.